Welcome back to JB Spoils Podcast. Today is uh, February the 10th. Had trouble with that? A little bit, yeah. It's been a minute since I've done the intro, so it's a little... Not really. He did it last week. Yeah, but still. That's a long time. It's really not. Yeah, it is. All right, let's let, let's stop all the banter. Yep. Let's get right into it. Today, being February 10th, we had a the NBA trade deadline happen today. Very big deal. A lot of things happened. Some breaking, big breaking things happened. But we just kind of wanted to go through all the trades that have happened like in the last uh, couple weeks. I think the last one, the first one we're going to talk about happened on the 13th so of last month. So it was a few weeks ago, but it was still a pretty big trade. But we just want to kind of run through all the big trades that happened. And then right after that, we'll get into probably the, the meat of this podcast, which is going to be, this is the podcast before, the final podcast before the Super Bowl. That includes the Rams and then Jace's team over here, the Bengals. So we just want to get, kind of talk about all that, get into all the shenanigans, and then uh, that'll be it. But we're just going to start. We're going to talk about the first trade, the first big trade that happened over this over this NBA season. Would have been a CJ and um. No, well, no. I, we say you want to talk about the Kevin Knox, the Hawks trading uh, for Kevin Knox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Hawks trade uh, Cam Reddish, Solomon Hill, and a 2025 second round pick for Kevin Knox the second and a protected first round pick. In this deal, it seemed like the Knicks got Cam Reddish, and they didn't even want him because ever since he hasn't, he's had a bunch of games where he hasn't played. Even though Cam Reddish has ter- proven himself to be a, like a three and D cut type of guy, uh, he just. Doesn't seem to have worked out. His coach, obviously being Tom Thibodeau now, for the Knicks, seems like he didn't really want him in the first place. And it just kind of it's kind of weird that the Knicks kind of made a deal that their coach didn't necessarily sign off on. Yeah, because then you just throw a player on a team where the coach doesn't want him, and then it just it causes more um, turmoil than needed for a team. And nothing else, Thibodeau prove has proven over and over again he does not care if he doesn't if he does not vibe with a player. Or if it's somebody he does not want, he's not going to play them whether the, the ownership gives him pressure or not. He's going to do what he wants to do on the basketball court. And it just it's a very, very weird trade. Even though, But here's the thing. Kevin, uh, Kevin Knox to the Hawks is an actual big deal because so one thing that the Hawks kind of did lack is some size on the inside. And Kevin Knox is kind of that guy that they can put on the inside and have uh, play some pretty good defense as well as get some points in, on the in the paint. Hmm. Kind of help Trey Young since he's obviously on the on the perimeter and everything, so it definitely gets them a good player that they that they very much needed. Uh, let's see, we'll switch over to. You're gonna do Chris Stapps. No, the Blazers. Blazers uh, trading Powell Covington to the Clippers. So the Blazers traded uh, Norman Powell and Robert Covington to the uh, to the Clippers in. In exchange for Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson, and a 2025 second. And the only reason why I'm talking about this trade is because it kind of showed that the uh, Blazers were looking like they were going to be sellers at the trade deadline rather than buyers, right? When you had a, have a guy like Dame and when you have a guy like C.J. McCollum, you'd think, hey, these are guys that you want to build around because you have two very good players in the West and you feel like you should be competing. But... With this trade, it kind of gave everybody the hint that, hey, probably the Blazers might be making moves to start getting rid of players, getting under the salary ta- uh, salary cap uh, number, which is it's weird because there really is no salary cap, but they do have a tax 
for it by going over. But it just seemed like they were starting to get rid of some players. Norman Powell and Robert Covington were two very big 3 and D guys that they used on that team to make them very good. And without them, it's pretty much looking like they're sellers, and it kind of ended up showing, especially today. Well, mm-hmm. yesterday. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The Cavs got Levert from the, uh, from the Pacers. Yep. Karis Levert in a second, 2022 20, second round pick. Uh, they got from the Pacers, and then in exchange, they sent Ricky Rubio a 2022 first round pick, which is lottery protected. And then a 2022 second round pick from Houston, and then another 2027 20, second round pick from Utah. It was Utah's and Houston's picks. Yeah. Uh, what's next? You want to do February 4th? I'm just saying it seems the Cavaliers are buyers. The Cav- Cavaliers are clearly trying to win right now. And that like makes they're making moves. Sense. Like they Cavaliers are near the top of the East right now. Yeah. Along with the Bulls and a lot of They're right with, behind us with like a game Milwaukee. And a half like there's a lot of teams like you would think the Cavs are usually sellers around this time trying to acquire contact uh contracts in order to, you know, along with picks in order to try to, you know, get as many picks as possible. But the Cavs are actually playing very well this year and they getting Karis Levert kind of shows that they're willing to Pretty much go all in on the season. I don't think it's a bad idea for Karis Levert either. He's a good scorer. No, and he'll be able to kind of be their point guard. It kind of uh, Colin Sexton is now on the outs now because Karis Levert's definitely a better player as of right now, and they pretty much do the same thing. Yeah. So, so next, can we talk about the Pacers and Sacramento real quick? Pacers and Sacramento. Yeah, for Pacers, uh, got Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Hield, and Tristan Thompson. The Kings got Don. DeMontis Sabonis, Jeremy yeah. Lamb, and Justin Holiday. I don't get that one. Why not add in um, De'Aaron Fox instead of Tyrese Halliburton? Tyrese Halliburton was probably their best player outside of De'Aaron Fox. But I think they do this. De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton do the same thing. Yeah. And uh, Tyrese Halliburton's only on the second year of his rookie contract when De'Aaron Fox on the first year of his max contract. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand getting rid of Tyrese Halliburton, who has started to show he's a, a star by getting up his high and then breaking his own high again. And why is Marvin Bagley still on the team? Marvin Bagley can play. Sometimes. Yeah. But like Deontes Sabonis, Demontes Sabonis, and uh, I just forgot his name. What's his name? Their point guard. Jeremy Lamb? No, for the Kings. Oh, you're talking about uh, uh, Fox? Yeah. De'Aaron Fox and Demontes Sabonis is going to win you a chip, really? I don't think so. I think exactly. So I, I like, think both what are teams the Kings traded. Doing? I think the Pacers might get a little better adding Buddy Heald, which is a very good. No, very Buddy Heald comes on the bench. I feel like the Pacers are going to be better coming out. Yes, of Yes, but the Kings only got worse. Yeah, because no, Jeremy true. Lamb is not as good as a, a shooting guard as Buddy Heald, and J- Justin Holiday just really is. Well, think that about good. it though that the, the Kings had a chance to trade Buddy Heald to the Lakers in the off season. But the Lakers decided instead of getting uh, Buddy Heald, they decided to go for Russell Westbrook. So it just shows that the Kings were ready to get rid of Buddy Heald in the long run, no matter what. I just think Buddy Heald is meant is uh, going to be, I think, supposed to get paid next year, right? Yeah, this yeah, he's Buddy on the last year of his, his rookie year. deal, so he'd get rookie paid next deal. year. Yeah, well, this last year of his rookie deal. Really? Yeah. Oh. So he'd be set to get paid next year, and then with that, I don't think he was going to stay. I know, but it's So I feel still, like they were scared and like, just, hey, we'd rather, rather get something for him. Than, I know, but I feel like they gave up better players than they got. Demonte Sabonis is a good player. He's a really good player, actually. But with what you had, why give up Tyrese Halliburton? I just don't get that. Yeah, he's a, Sabonis is a 19, 19 game, points a game. 
Five assists. It's not bad, but like you could have saved some money by keeping Tyrese Halliburton and then going to pick up another piece in the offseason. I feel like Tyrese Halliburton was the only way that this trade was going to happen. I feel like he was the main guy that the Pacers were going for. I think so too, but I just in my like in a standpoint of who you sh- who would better win with in the future, Demontis Sabonis and Tyrese Halliburton would have been better. I'm not calling De'Aaron Fox bad; he's a good player. It's just Tyrese Halliburton is still on his rookie contract. De'Aaron Fox is on a much much larger contract. Well, I can see that. And it's you're basically giving away the same player. De'Aaron Fox is just two years older than him. And not to mention, Halliburton was. Pretty much playing his best basketball on that team, like they. Yes, and he's I, playing better than Fox at that at that point. Absolutely, and this is why I'm confused on why you got rid of him because he was. Fox, I just think that Demontis Sabonis is a good player, but like now you kind of have less room for the off season where you could have got some pieces. I feel the Kings are very good at Sucking. making deals that do are not good for them at all. Yeah, I, I legitimately I don't know anything about the Kings until they do something stupid. Is it crazy that they were that the Kings were also a place that uh, Ben Simmons was willing to go to? Very weird, right? I think he just wanted to go to California to some uh, to some degree, but still, the fact that they were even in the running is like, absolutely insane. Yeah, because I think the Kings. Jesus, Portland's stupid too. My God. Well, that's what we're gonna get into. So the big trade, yeah, this would have been two days ago. This was February eighth. Portland uh, got a twenty twenty six second round pick. Uh, Josh Hart. Nikhil Alexander Walker. Yep. Thomas Sadoransky. Uh huh. A 2027 second round pick, a Did- 2022 first round pick, and Did La Rosa. Didi Lauzada. They gave Luzada. They gave Didi Luzada. Tony Snell, Larry Nance, and, and CJ McCollum. Real quick, CJ McCollum is better than every player on on the on what was given up. Oh yeah, for both teams combined. Well, here's the thing. I think the Blazers got all those players just to make the uh, contracts work, just to make the money work, right? Because you kind of have to even it out, at least as much as possible, to make sure you're not you're not going over the cap or anything like that. So about forty million off for the Pacers. Yeah, it, it's like you could tell. Okay, so this is pretty much th- the Blazers Tanking. saying they're willing to. They're they're gonna blow it up again. So they're gonna blow it up, and then have obviously Dame be their be their be their guy, right? Because they didn't get rid of Dame. I think they've pretty much maintained they're not getting rid of Dame no matter what. I just feel like he's thirty one right now. I just don't feel like they're gonna have the time to build a contender around him at least right now, especially when the Warriors are back. The Lakers aren't looking great, but you also have the Suns that are very, looking very good. Like I just don't see there's any way for them to build up a team that is going to be even anywhere close to what the top of the West is looking like right now. But they will have a lot of uh, cap space going into next year. <laughs> yeah, and they'll start to hope that they can get a big free agent to come over and play with Dame. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, um, are we gonna? <laughs> So let's skip the Miami Oklahoma City Thunder trade. That one's really boring. No, I don't really know who that is. Um, we'll do Portland again. Just real quick before that, do you think CJ makes the Pelicans a like? I think they're gonna make the playoffs. Yeah, but they're not gonna get much past that. I, I just, I just don't because uh, real quick, Zion's becoming a bust. I don't think he's a bust yet. Uh, yet, but he's becoming one. But he's heck, he hasn't played all the pretty much any at all this season, has he? Exactly. Now he's been inconsistent with playing, so no one. 
what is he? He's coming on his last year of his rookie contract. I think they're trying to prove that they can put a better team around him, so try to keep him in the long term. But let's what's the what's the point what's, if he's what is there to keep if you haven't seen him? If play? he can't play, if he if he's not consistently playing, he's always hurt. And heck, you're now you're dealing with his weight issues when he is hurt. Like they say, there were rumors he was like getting up to 300 pounds. Like as a player of his stature, like obviously it's a leg injury, so it's kind of hard for him to kind of do any, you know. Yeah, but still, like you're not doing anything at all. I, I just know, I just know what he is at his best, and I'm like, you. That's what they're holding on to. And it just sucks that Zion, that that version of Zion is what they want. And if they do all this. And then Zion doesn't work out. They're stuck with CJ, and then nothing else. Brandon Ingram's there. Who's got? Brandon Ingram's really good. No, Ingram's got, really good. Actually, I'm not gonna lie. Time. That was that was a mistake on my part. Brandon Ingram's like improved a lot. And Larry Nance Jr. is a really good role player as well. He does his yeah. job. He's so I don't think they they solid. missed out on anything. I think they got some decent. They got some pretty good stuff back actually. Um, I would have tried to keep Josh Hart though, but I think he was kind of thrown into even it out. Because Josh, oh yeah, for sure. Josh Hart was a good role player as well. That's true. No, for sure. Yeah, All right. it's funny that Josh Hart and Larry Nance Jr. were both on the Lakers at one point. Same and they're time. both kind of the similar similar players. They are. They for sure. All right, uh, we're skipping that Miami trade. I don't really care. Uh, we have Portland again. Portland got Eli- Eliza Hughes. Hughes. Huge. Elijah Hughes. Yeah, Hughes. Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles is actually a pretty good player. But. Yes, I think so too. Sacra- Sacramento got Thomas Adaransky. Utah got Nikhil Alexander Walker and. Juan, Juancho, Hernan Ago- Gomez, yeah. Hernan Gomez, Hernan Gomez, yeah, Hernan Gomez. Sorry, Hernan if we, Gomez. we're butchering names. We're not good. We're not good with names. But that's I don't really see. That's fine. Nothing really. It's a three team deal. The Spurs. Uh, you already said the Spurs. What the Spurs got right? Yeah, three team deal. I just think it was a. No, there was a couple picks by the way. From couple picks involved, yeah, second, mostly second round picks. Which it, I, I th- obviously this one's not groundbreaking. I think this is a lot of. I think the next one's a lot better. Uh, February tenth, Detroit got Marvin Bagley. Oh, this is today. Yeah, today. Uh, Milwaukee got Serge Ibaka, a 2023 second round pick and a 2024 second round pick. Los Angeles, uh, the Clippers got some some. Hmm. Got that guy. In Rodney Hood, Sacramento got now. This isn't awful. I don't totally dislike this. They got Dante Divincenzo, Josh Jackson, and Trey Lyles. Uh huh. That's not terrible for Sacramento, but it's weird for Detroit to get Marvin to want Marvin Bagley. Yeah, that's kind of weird. But they want to get rid of Jeremy Grant. I don't get that. Jeremy Grant's definitely a better player. Yeah, you're right. He is. So it's kind of weird to ha- add Marvin Bagley. Did they ship off to? I don't think they did. No, they didn't. All right, but it's just I don't know why they'd want him. And it, that is a it's a weird one. Michael lied to you. It is for sure. But I, Milwaukee, I talked about them getting Serge Ibaka too. I said it was a pretty good one since Brook Lopez has been inconsistent this season. Yeah, for sure. Serge Ibaka is a paint defender, and he can get rebounds. So, you know, I, th- I don't think that's a, that's a pretty good one for Milwaukee. No, it is. I t- definitely agree. Uh, next is the 76ers. This is the big one. 76ers oh, in this Brooklyn. This is the big one. This is the big one. The 76ers got James Harden and Paul Millsap. Real quick, I thought Paul Millsap was still on the Pacers. Nope. He's um, been there all this. Like, they traded for him last season. Okay. So, James Harden no, sorry, before and Paul season. Millsap to the 76ers. Brooklyn got... 
Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, and Andre Drummond, a first-round pick protected for 2027, and a second-round pick plus $2 million. Uh-huh. I think they also got a first in 2027. Am I right so, about yeah, that? Yeah, I said that. First in 2022 and 2027, yeah. Okay, 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 gotcha. All right, now, this is the this is the big trade. This is the big kahuna. Like, right? This is, this this is the big this one that everybody's waiting for. This is the for. trade I talked about last podcast that Joe shot me down on. I didn't shoot you down. You I shot I me did. down on it. Now, I expected this because Ben Simmons adds some needed defense, and they legit just added a lot of depth to their to their um, roster. With Seth, that's another shooter. Another shooter, pretty consistent score, and Andre Drummond can get rebounds. Andre Drummond adds some size, which is on the inside, which is what something that they did lack ever since they got rid so, of uh, what if what I'm forgetting his name, uh, the dude from the Clippers. I forget his name. They had him when they first got to, when the Nets first pulled KD and Kyrie in. Oh, I'm forgetting his name. But I think this is DeAndre a, Jordan. He was there at a couple years ago. This is a great team. This is a great trade for both teams. I think so. I think the Nets. Are actually got, gonna, the Nets are going to be so much better out of this. Because I do too. I think the 76 is going to be better too. I think so too. Now, but are, are the Nets going to be the better better off team? Yes, but I think the 76ers yes. are now kind of force themselves into playoff contention. Well, they are they're already in playoff contention. I know, but with Harden, it kind of makes everything. A little I think more... it speeds up their timeline because I think with Harden going to be a free agent after this season, if things don't go well, Harden can easily leave. Mm-hmm. If not. He can stay, and then they can... They're in win or bust, is what they're in right now. Yeah, pretty much. They're in win now mode, and I respect it. I think the Nets now, still are, too, but I think the oh, Nets... Oh, no, have, the Nets definitely are. Ex- I think the Nets have also extended their their window past this season. Yeah. Because Simmons is signed for the next three years with no outs or anything like that. And I do think I, I, Simmons is going to be a better fit for the Nets than Hard never was, to be totally honest. If you're thinking about, not just thinking about offensively, but defensively as well. Yeah. I th- like I told you earlier, I think Simmons can be the Nets version of uh of Draymond Green. That's what kind of what I said on steroids, honestly. Because let's be honest, Simmons is a better player than than Draymond at this point. Well, at least with everything that he does, he can play defense on the perimeter, practically against all five positions. He actually can handle the ball up the floor in transition. He's not necessarily going to be great in half court because he doesn't shoot. Yeah, but, but in transition, thing, if he, he can no get, longer has to shoot, if he can re- no in half court, he would have to. But if in transition, if he's able to run to the basket at full force, like that's going to be where he could be great at. And I think also in in half court offense, what he could do is the dribble handoff. Hey, he has the ball, hand it off to Kyrie, and then make the defense have to make a decision. They're either going to double Kyrie when he's about to shoot. Or they're going to be chasing Simmons. <laughs> Simmons when he's running to the basket. But here's a, it's going to be easy if you chase, to stop. If you chase Simmons, you leave somebody like Durant open in the corners, quick three. Yeah. Now it adds, in all honesty, it adds some space to the floor. And let's be honest, what they if they pass it to Simmons and then they go try to crash on him, he has Alex great Durant. He has Boom. great. He has great court vision. Yes. You have you now have two point guards, but one of your point guards is six seven. That's what you have now. Six ten, my guy. He's six ten. Really? Yeah. Oh my god! But now you have that. But you also have Durant on the outside, who's just who can do anything you need him to do. He you can score Kyrie. everywhere. And you, you have, have two guys who can dish the ball and don't always have to score. Kyrie when he's playing, at least. Yeah, but now you have Dur- you have Simmons who can space the floor out. He is a good point guard. 
He's a good point guard. He just can't. This pat, the fact that he can't shoot is going to be a problem. It, it does down him, but, but it mitigates the problem because you have KD and, and Kyrie. Kyrie. So you're sitting there like, hey, there probably isn't going to be a lot of shots left by the time the game's over, and that will limit the amount that Simmons will necessarily have to carry alone. Yes, have and, to it, shoot. and it's not as big as work because even they have some role players who can really shoot. Oh yeah, and plus Seth Curry who can really Seth, shoot. Seth, oh man, you still you still have uh, Joe. I'm Oh yeah, Joe Harris. Joe Harris, yes, he's you still a shooter. Always shoot. You have other so many other people who can shoot. Simmons doesn't have to worry. Simmons about it now. Can be, he doesn't have to worry about being the best player on the team. No, he doesn't have to worry about shooting all that much. And I believe he can play great defense and be a distributor. Yes, he's going to do everything. Absolutely, everything else. And now they ha- they have he's a little he's a little bigger, so throw him in the paint. Oh, like, he could be a four. He's an amazing exactly. four. He can do so much, and I think it adds so much more. And then for the 76ers, I think Harden adds another element of scoring that they didn't have before. That's now, true. Seth Curry, he's a good, he's a good scorer. It's the first Harden, time they've had a guard, a true guard. Now Harden is a different type of. He's going to shoot fifty shots. Harden will have to be the old Harden. Yes. I don't think he'll. And ha- I think he can be though. Yeah. Because Embiid play defense. Hey, I'm being double teamed, dishing the ball inside, and he's going to be Embiid. Oh, in a pick and roll, that'll be what Absolutely. Harden and Harden and Embiid like. That's a great pick and roll partners together. Like you're gonna have to make make your choice whether you're gonna get Harden from the three, Embiid, the same or you're gonna thing. have Embiid rolling to the basket. It's the same thing. Both teams get better, but I do believe at their best when everybody's healthy. It's gonna be Brooklyn. And here's the thing: I think they're also in the same division. Like you're gonna have to see them a lot. And if here's the problem: if even though both teams got better in the situation, if let's just say the 76ers and the Nets meet in the playoffs, and the Nets are the reason the 76ers don't make it to the either what Eastern Conference Finals or to the uh, or to the finals, like th- it'll be considered a failure because heck, you you traded a guy away that didn't want to play for you after you humiliated him after last season, partially because of his own doing, but you also didn't help as a franchise or as obviously Doc Rivers or Joel Embiid. You kind of humiliated the guy, and now he's going to be standing in your way and he helps stop you. That's a bad look. Yeah. But I think I, I'm, I'm it was their only choice because yeah. he wasn't going to play for them. He no, made, he wasn't. He made it very clear. But now I'm excited. I'm play. excited to see how it's, how it plays out. This is what I'm excited for. This I don't watch a lot of basketball games, but I'm going to start like really tuning in. Oh, they're not like they said that amongst like when they're going to play because KD is not going to return until after the uh, after the All Star break, which is a couple weeks away. And then I think they're saying that Simmons is probably going to be on the same track. Wait. Still uh, have him get used to the franchise and everything. They're not going to try to push him out the, onto the floor right away. It's probably better off Smart, to bring in cool. Simmons and KD at the same time. Yeah, so then they, you could start building let chemistry, them pra- make let sure practice everything together. goes. Yeah, I understand that completely. I agree. I agree. And then, yo, just the team will still – that's the problem. The team will still suck, though, with Kyrie, Kyrie only coming up back every once in a while. And that's okay. We suck for now, but we'll be better eventually. Let's be honest. They're, they're out of the top eight seeds as of right now, but – if you really think about it, like they will get, there's not that many games like separating anybody, so if they can just hold on until they get back after the after the All Star. Oh, break, they're making a push. They'll make a push, probably be in the top six seeds, and let's be honest, they're probably better off being a lower than a four seed, so they don't have to worry about having more games at home than away. Because let's be honest, worst comes to worst, nobody cha- the uh, COVID restrictions don't change at all, and they can he. Kyrie can't play at home games, but he'd be able to play away games. So if you're playing more away games than home games, you technically have to face Kyrie more. That's but, true. But That's I think true. they're all I think they're all going off the idea that potentially the restrictions will be lifted by around May, 
That's like the best. I thought case. New York lifted the restrictions. No, not about being in, indoors yet. I thought it was a mask mandate. No, it was about having the shot. Oh, oh, oh yeah. All right. Uh, next trade. Is there a next trade? There's that anybody really cares about. Yeah. Well, mm. go ahead. Go for it. We have the Mavericks and Washington. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Spencer Dimwitty. Dim, uh, Spencer Dimwitty. Yeah. And David. Davis Bertans or Kristaps Porzingis. Now, Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, great player for the Mavs. I think he's going to be a good compliment to Luka. I don't think he's been good ever since his knee injury that he had when he was with the Nets. But let's be honest, if he gets back to 100% health, what he was before, he'll be a great compliment. And this one, I, even if he's not 100%, at that point, he is just complimenting Luka. Yeah. Because Luka can drive, Luka can shoot. And at that point, Dinwiddie just guard. has to distribute yeah. and shoot. Which did what he can do. Yeah, for sure. Now, Porzingis, I don't think... I just think it was, it was only a matter of time because I think Porzingis and Luka together was never really going to work. I, real quick, I think Porzingis is a glass cannon. <sighs> yeah. He's still great in the fact that he's a cannon. I don't think Porzingis is never going to break the, after one shot. I don't think he's a, as great as he, ever, as he once was when he was with the Knicks. And I just think with Porzingis, like with Luka, it was never going to work just because Luka dominates the bo- basketball. And that's how he. That's how his game runs. So you can't have a guy like Porzingis who wants the ball a lot more and wants to be featured. It was never going to happen with Luca. And like so, if that's the case, those two were de- like were already having problems last year. They were staring. There was a huge problems. So like it was going to happen anyway. So the fact that they trade him away just kind of helps everybody out in the long run. So I agree. I think it's for the best though. Um, what's next? That's kind of it. Any anything that's really like important. Toronto did a couple things. San Antonio did a couple things. Okay, so with that, us being out of contention is what I'm saying. How does it make you feel being a Bulls fan? I can tell you how it makes me feel because being a Bulls fan, I are we still number one in the East right now? Okay, great. Chilling. I'm chilling. I'm chilling. I, I feel great. I'm chilling. But I'm so okay. I, like I said earlier, I've been feeling like the Hawks, like when uh, LeBron was back with the Cavs, and then you had the Hawks that were playing really great, being the one seed and all that. But we all know by the time when, once you have to face the big boy teams that are Maybe didn't do as well as you in the in the uh, regular season, but once you hit the playoffs, a lot like the Bulls will have to face, you know, the Nets or <clears throat> the the Bucks. Like once you hit to face those teams, I don't see our Bulls playing all that well and getting past them. But it'll still be nice to make the playoffs and be a high seed. It'll be it'll be a good step in the right direction. But let, I'm I truly believe the Nets are probably still the best team in the East. No doubt, honestly, to be told like. Do you have something? Do you, would you say somebody different? Mm-mm. Like I know there's some people that would make a case that the 76ers are better because they're talking about how great Harden and and why well, Embiid? Sorry, how how well they fit together. But once KD once KD's back, he's the best player on the planet. I just like I just see the Nets as just a what you you made a face. Okay, continue. KD's not the, the best Nets, player on the planet. The Nets being the Nets being. Best player, best team in the East, especially if they get Kyrie back to play all the games. Not necessarily a guarantee, but KD's still the best player on the planet, so it is what it is. Stop having that face. If you're gonna, okay, if best. you're gonna have a face, you better say you better say something. Okay. Uh, what's next? What's the, what are we talking about next? That's pretty much it with the with the. Uh, oh, Lakers didn't make any trades. Hmm. Is that? Do you have any thoughts? He's gonna cut Russell Westbrook. Down. I don't think so. 
I um, here's the thing. There was a they they were saying that there's a trade on the table with the Rockets to potentially do a Russell Westbrook for John Wall, but the Lakers would have to include their 2027 first round pick, and the Lakers aren't willing to give that away, so they just they go the for the same it. player in two different forms. It is. I don't understand. I just I just think there there wasn't going to be a great suitor for Russell Westbrook for the player that he is right now. Because let's be honest, for a, for a great team that's looking for talent to make their team better, the game has passed Russell Westbrook by. Like, honestly, it kind of sucks for him. If you would have taken him and put him into the league five years before he got drafted, he would have had an amazing career, played great, and he would be looked at as probably one of the best point guards ever. But he kind of plays in an era where shooting started to become a bigger thing, and it was, shooting is not in his bag at this point. And with that being the case, especially with all of his turnovers, you're like now the NBA wants you to be able to shoot well and be more efficient, and those are two things that Russell Westbrook are just not great at at this point in his ever well well he's ever been in his career. So with that you being the me case, one more time, and I swear to God, it will break your foot. Sorry, dude, didn't mean to. My bad. I just think the game it just kind of passed Russell Westbrook by. So I, I feel bad for him because I feel like he's taking all the heat as to why the Lakers are bad. But I'm like, this is also on LeBron James and. For making the and choice AD. because he, AD is never playing. Well, he's playing now and he's playing very well. AD gets bumped and he's now out for eight to five for nine to five weeks. That's what happens all the time. Nine to five weeks. Nine to five, yeah. Okay, but I, I think LeBron knew that Don't it wasn't a great me. fit with Russell Westbrook. Question me. Okay. I know what I'm saying. Okay, I just want to make sure you heard it. Don't question me. I know what I said. LeBron knew about the fit with Russell Westbrook was not going to work. I think LeBron was planning on just Russell Westbrook playing well enough to hold the team up when LeBron is either hurt or when with AD being hurt. I just feel like he didn't recognize how bad of a fit it really was with Russell Westbrook. Because when LeBron James is on the floor, you want LeBron James to have the ball, and Russell Westbrook doesn't play well when he's off the ball. And then when you have Russell Westbrook with the ball, he makes bad decisions and can't shoot. So it just it's a really bad formula that LeBron thought was going to work, and it just didn't. And I think LeBron needs to take his blame on that because, let's be honest, no move no move is getting done without his approval. And a lot like I was saying with the uh, with the Simmons and, and Harden trade, like it wasn't going to happen if KD didn't sign off on it. So if things don't work out, I feel like the player that has to sign off on it, the best player on the team, if they're going to use that power, they also have to take a responsibility if it doesn't work out. Yeah. So with that being the case, the Lakers are still going to be bad, no matter what. Like, like, what are we going to do here? The Lakers aren't making the playoffs. The Lakers lost. Okay, so, so we're saying how, how uh, the Blazers just are willing to give up everything. Yeah, they lost to in uh, to a Trailblazers team without CJ or Dame. I know it was insane. Dame was hurt, and it was pretty much all nobody's playing for. And they and the Lakers lost to them. Yes, and I, I was watching. I, I watched some of that game, and then I watched, watched the highlights. I was I was befuddled. I was bewildered. I was dumbfounded. It Like, how do you lose that? And LeBron James and Anthony Davis played. And they lost, And the Russ Westbrook, you can't blame him. He was on the bench. He, he didn't play at all because he's having back spasm for what he said. So, like, with that being the case, you can't blame trash. Russell Westbrook. <laughs> he just tried. <laughs> you can't blame Russell Westbrook. So I'm sitting there like, what are you going to do when you lose to a team that's nowhere near as good as you are? Can you just say it was a it was a a want thing? The you know, the hungry dog, the what is it the what's saying is that 
Not hungry. To, I, I don't know. I know what you're talking about. I don't know. The more desperate team won that game. You see, you think there was a bunch of no. The hungry dog ate something like that. Hungry, a hungry animal runs faster than the. I I don't know what the saying is, but let's be the the team of nobody is the team that they had more to prove in that game than the Lakers did, and the Lakers got kind of out in their season. I think after the game, LeBron just said, "Hey, I just want to go home, drink some wine, and go to sleep." <laughs> I just think there's a lot of there's a lot of red flags going on with the Lakers that is proving that they are punting on the season, and. I think LeBron is trying to save himself for when his son ends up coming into the NBA so he can go play with him. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> By the way, that ended up being a story the other day about LeBron wanting to go play, wanted to play with uh, Bronny Jr. Doesn't Bronny have like another year of high school? <clears throat> yeah. And then uh, are they allowed to come straight out of high school? to? Not yet. They haven't changed the rule. So when are they going to do that? So at max, it'd be three years. Well, two years. So at Max, so if that's the case, LeBron is hoping to play with his son Bronny. Like that became a huge deal this past week, and I just like I don't know why that's a that's a big story because that's all LeBron has said. LeBron has said, "Hey, if one of his kids plays in the NBA, LeBron would love to play with him." And that, that's the case. So that's the thing, though, right? So would a team let's be let's so if Bronny is not a lottery pick, right? He's not. Well, he's not at this point. I think he's like the 40th ranked player in his class. But let's be honest. There's players that have been highly, not very highly ranked and then got to college basketball and then exploded up, right? So, yeah, that happens. But but if that's not the case, would could you see a team that has no use for, for Bronny James at all draft him just so LeBron would go there and go play with them for a year? Yeah. It's kind of like the same thing with the Wizards when they picked up Jordan after he had retired the second time. They picked him up again. They picked him up, knowing they weren't really going to do anything. But they said, "Hey, we can have Jordan for a couple years and have some great ticket sales and have a draw." Mm-hmm. Like it kind of, it's kind of weird to think that they would just pick up Bronny out of out of pity so they can get LeBron. I'm just saying it's a weird thing to think about. Really, nothing's going to come of it for an, at least another couple it. years. I think, they, I think a team will do it. I think so too. I, I still think if Bronny grow, ends up having a growth spurt to being as tall as, as his dad. Yeah, I've noticed that he is kind of small. Who? Bronny. Oh, for right now, yeah, but he could always have another another growth spurt. I think he's already like 6'1", 6'2", but LeBron's like 6'7". That makes me and him the same height. Something like that, yeah. I think he's over six feet tall, dude. I know, but that's, that's kind of small. Well, yeah, he still gets taller, though. I'm just saying there's room for him to grow, so who knows if that happens, but... I just figured I may as well add that in there for a potential thing to happen in the next couple of years. But, you know, you think that's it on the uh, NBA talk there? Absolutely. Okay. So now the meat and the potatoes of this whole podcast. Uh, like I said earlier, this is going to be the last podcast before the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl, including the Los Angeles Rams and uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. You're definitely peaking. That's fine by me. All right. Cincinnati's going to be winning the Super Bowl. That's just what it is. It is what it is, guys. Do you think so? Like, do you truly think so? Of course. Why? Why, why would you say that? Because Joe. No one else has, has Joe Shiesty on the team. Or Evan, or Evan McPherson. Joe, come on. Yeah. Do you have Jalen Ramsey on your team? Do you? Yeah, do you have Jay Chizzy? Huh? Do you have Joe Mixon? Yeah, Von Miller. Now, if Joe Mixon could figure out how to run 
straight because he's too big to be. He don't strafe. He needed to run straight. I'm sorry. I need. I need. To, I need to get this out real quick. Joe Mixon needs to stop cutting to the outside because our offensive linemen don't block. I need him to run sh- as hard as he can. Forward? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> is, is running into Aaron Donald that hard going to give you a concussion? Absolutely. Like, think about it, though. When they were playing against the uh, Chiefs, they literally said, hey, we're going to run with Joe Mixon for the first quarter and a half, and that's what kind of led to the Kansas City kind of getting up to the lead that they had. But I I think the running game is going to be a lot like that. They're going to try very hard with Joe Mixon for a while and then give it up and say, hey, Joe Burrow is our best bet, and they're going to have to throw the football around. I believe in Joe. <laughs> He's your only option here, bud. Look. But that's the thing. Who's going to be your hero? Because if, heck, if you're going to have Jalen Ramsey. I'm going to be honest with you. If, if Uzama's not going to be 100%. He, he probably won't be. We, have no, we, we don't really have a Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is probably going to be knocked out with Jalen Ramsey. I'm about to look at T. Higgins like, you better be the next A.J. Green right now. Because we need you. And he, last game against Kansas City, he was. He was the next. He he was that guy. Yeah. He could we could But Jamar stay, Chase still got his though. He still got yes, a couple big plays and all that. When we needed something, we went to Higgins or Boyd. That's true. We found those two. Higgins, uh-huh. Boyd is a ins- he's almost an insured check down. Right? Boyd's gonna get that first down. Higgins will get the bigger plays. One, because Higgins is just a big dude. That and Higgins is real physical with wide receivers. Yeah, true. Now, if it was Higgins and uh, Ramsey, mm, I'd be I'd like kind of just throw it up. Higgins might have to outmuscle Ramsey, but Ramsey is that good to where Ramsey will get eight feet in the air. He's the long. He's long. He's a long corner, dude. He, I don't I think know. you just throw up. I, Ramsey just has really good ball skills. Like I don't think that's going to really work. But here's the thing: Chase can't shake Ramsey. Nope. Devonte Adams can't shake Ramsey. Nope. Devonte Adams is the best route runner. So Chase is either gonna have to outrun Ramsey, or Ram's gonna have to get it like get caught peeking. Absolutely, or just get injured. Yeah, second play of the game. Yeah, that's what you're hoping for, huh? No, I don't hope he gets injured. Well, of course not. But you, but you do. But if he but was to somehow break an ankle, you wouldn't be crying. I feel bad. <laughs> but hey. You gotta break a couple eggs to make an omelet. Oh, oh, okay. But you didn't hear that from me. Okay, so with you saying that, best case scenario, how do you, like how do you see this best game case going? Scenario, case scenario, we win, right? Just uh-huh. we win. How? We, how? How? How do you win, see it? I'm not gonna say a touchdown. McPherson hits a, hits a field goal. I want that man to get a field goal. Uh-huh. Uh, worst case scenario is we lose, but we lose by more than two touchdowns. Uh huh. That's worst case. I don't want to get blown out. <laughs> you don't want to get blown out. Okay. But I don't want to. I want it to be a fight if we do lose. Right. Because they're going to give a fight if we do win. Again, so so here's the thing. Would you rather lose by a blue jet get blown out? Would you rather lose by a last second play or something like that? Like if like if you had your best best moment, would you rather lose by lose by like get blown out or lose by a little like some rather, one play I'd, I'd rather, or, a, or or a referee call? I'd rather lose by a play that they earned. <laughs> Let's get that real. If they legit just outmuscled us for the last minute and a half uh-huh. of the fourth quarter to to get the lead and win, uh-huh. fair play, right? Cool. If we lose by a bad call, 
I'm finding where all they where all of the referees live, and I'm burning your house down. Okay, so because this is the thing, you just stole something from Cincinnati. Uh huh. It's different from with other teams where you stole a Super Bowl. They have one. Or they oh, have to. Okay. Oh, because it's your first. You just be stole something from Cincinnati. Oh, so because it's okay. Because it's real quick, bold, it's, and there will be a board. mutiny. Oh, okay. Honest to God, because it's different, right? The Rams, the Rams have a Super Bowl. I'm, I'm just saying, if you think that's gonna be an issue, the Saints had two years in a row where they were robbed by referees. Absolutely. So were they you, in the Super Bowl? No. Was it their first Super Bowl? NFC Championship game. Was it their first Super Bowl in no, over? No. No. Thirty-seven years. No. No, it wasn't, Joe. It was not. This is our first Super Bowl in 37 years. Our quarterback just got off an injury, and we just got a, a couple pe- more pieces to win a Super Bowl. And no one expected us to be here. And if we get stolen by a bad call, especially uh-huh. if it's like a bad P.I. It'll kill you, right? It'll, it'll, that'll be the well, be. It won't kill me. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody else signed a death warrant, but I didn't. <laughs> I didn't sign one. Somebody else did. But Somebody else did. It's just it's just a fact like you seen you had bad PIs called on your team in uh-huh. big moments. Bad, yeah. It was a bad PI. Mm-hmm. There is no bigger moment for the Bengals right now than the Super Bowl. Okay. This is the biggest moment some Bengals fans have seen. Okay. Every Bengals fan who if you weren't born but in 1984, you've never seen them win a playoff game. That is true. This is the biggest Until moment this in year. every Bengals fan's life. Until this year. So here's the thing, right? If that's the case, so your expectation is win? Of course. Expectation is always going to be a win. I want to win. So if you lose, lose by any margin or whatever, like do you is do you think there's any chance you come out of that game with a positive outlook on everything? I think it's hard to say because after you lose, it's, it's how, being the Bengals, right? Uh-huh. I'm guessing like the Panthers felt the same way we did. Because the Panthers were in the Super Bowl and they lost, and they lost by a, de- a it was like two touchdowns, three touchdowns. It was three touchdowns. I don't think it was that bad. It was something like that. But the, I'll look that up. I'm guessing, like, if you were to ask a Panthers fan this now, they'd kind of be in like despair because that team fell apart. And the fact that the Bengals aren't a great run organization, I want to win one right now. Yeah, you're right. It was a 14 point loss. I want to win one right now. Because the fear that we can't keep every we can't keep every piece. I know we can't. We can't keep Chase Higgins and Boyd. And oh, you Mixon. will for now. That's the thing for now. Now we're, there's no saying we're going to be this good again next year. The Ravens won't ha- will have all their players back. Steelers will have to respond somehow. The Browns are going to suck. They're the Browns. Who yeah, cares? The Browns. You're right. They're, After this year, they have, they don't have they don't. But they this don't is, we are legitimately in win now mode. We will have another chance, another two, three chances after this. Uh-huh. Then every contract will come into question. Yeah. And when it comes down to it, Burrow's getting paid. Burrow will get paid. And then it's like, oh. You already paid Joe Mixon. Um, I know, but then we have, we're sitting there looking like, are we paying Higgins? Are we paying Boyd? Are we playing Uzama? Yeah. Because then we have to sit like, oh, we still have all our defensive players. Bates' contract's coming up soon. Uh, Bell's good for another two years. And we have all these other guys coming up. Right. So it throws a bunch of wrenches in it to, into it. I want to win one right now. Mm-hmm. This is your shot. This, you is, like, this, is the be- this is the best we got. Uh-huh. So if you don't win one, you may come out I'm not throwing worse. away my shot, bro. I'm not throwing it away. If the Bengals go out, if Joe, if Joe Burrow goes out there and just 
dumpster fire. Straight <laughs> dumpster fire. Like he he hits it like Cam Newton did. Everything starts burning immediately. Would you would you feel different about Joe Burrow? Or uh, I'd like, cry. You cry. Audible crying. I'd like I not cry, I'd be sobbing. Okay. Crying is not enough. I'd be sobbing. The only reason I'm asking all these questions, obviously, I've had my Super Bowls that I've been in, been in three for in my lifetime, being a Steelers fan, and then two with a win. But then you play against Aaron Rodgers on the other side, and you kind of like you feel awful. But at the same time, you realize. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is the weirdest thing for me. I've never faced Aaron Rodgers. Uh-huh. I've never faced Tom Brady. Uh-huh. I've um, never faced Peyton Manning. I've never faced these great quarterbacks. I've never faced Russell Wilson. But you're facing Matt Stafford. <laughs> and I know Matt Stafford. <laughs> Matt Stafford's a dog. Matt Stafford. He is a dog, but he has a he has the potential to start throwing After, picks. Yes. But he has that in him. If you we talked about that, did we talk about that killer mentality on the podcast? No, I don't think we have. Okay, so me and Joe talk about how some of these players just have that mentality of I'm gonna win no matter what the cost is, no matter how I have to do it, I'm gonna win. Yeah. Joe said to me one day, he said that Joe Burrow has that. Oh yeah, I definitely that lethality. Fully right? believe it. Yeah. That some guys can tap into at times, like Ben could. Ben could. Ben had it at one point and then lost it over time and could only tap into it. Or Eli. Could, I feel like physically he couldn't keep up with it. Keep up with that. Yeah, or of, Eli yeah. could tapped into it a couple times. On those runs, he would tap into it. Yep. But then there's those guys who just have it. Matt Stafford is one of those guys that has it. He doesn't tap into well, it. He, he, drew, he I, can I, finally I, prove it. I think he can finally prove it I believe it with he truly win. has it. And I've, I've I feel like that throw that throw against Tampa Bay really put that into perspective. Oh like, yeah. yeah, yeah, he can. He has that killer mentality. Absolutely, I've seen Matt Stafford over his career. I've watched a, for some reason. I've seen a lot of Detroit games. I can't tell but you his, why. It didn't come with a lot of winning, so it kind of fades. Thing. Makes everything look it, a little. But he foggy. did like he, he Matt Stafford played many years injured, so he did everything he truly could to try to win every game. Yeah, for sure. So if it comes down to it, who's more lethal? I'm be honest, it's probably gonna be Matt Stafford. They're both lethal. I just think Matt Stafford has a lot more around him. Like, even Matt still. Matt Stafford has an offensive line. Let's get that straight. Matt Stafford's offensive line, he has a defense. I, I just think he has the most help. Real like, because I feel like wide receiver-wise, I feel like the Cincinnati Bengals are still a tad bit better than the Rams, even though the Rams have Cooper Cup, who's the best wide receiver in this game, to be told. He, he's proven it, Cooper Cup. Yeah, the, but isn't Jamar Chase top five? Oh, yeah, right. Top right five now, season. He's, he's top five. Top five season, but Cooper Cup literally leads the league in yards, catches. Yards after catch. And yards after catch, I think. Or touched. You know, no, it's, it's yards after catch. Somebody else didn't touch Right. I so, it, I, I'm very likely might be Chase. Yeah, I think he, it might be, touched, might be touchdowns, too. It's fine. Keep going. But, like, I, I feel like the Cincinnati Bengals have a little bit better wide receivers. I feel like, obviously, Joe Mixon is the best running back in this game. Even though I think Cam Akers for the Rams is very, very good, to be totally honest as well. Cam Akers is really good. I just think Real he was quick, hurt. Cam Akers ain't running behind Swiss cheese. So let's that get is that true. Straight, no, no, that's true. Okay? And that and Cam Akers don't have to run. I'm at, saying Joe Mixon is better. Like I, I'm Joe not Mixon, saying, like look, if I'm if I'm Zach Taylor, uh-huh. I'm not gonna go look at that and man. And Zach Taylor's a little bit of an idiot. Let's be honest here. Oh yeah, Zach Taylor but Zach Taylor's second year's coaching as a head coach, second year. So he's in a Super Bowl currently, and it scares me. It because what this was his this was his proving point because he has to get paid next year. So they, oh, is that if you if you guys honestly Zach Taylor would get an extension no matter what. Oh yeah, but if we win, oh unless he does something very very stupid. In oh this. yeah, but if he wins, he's getting a statue in Cincinnati. <laughs> Him, Joe Burrow, they're gonna start giving statues and then they give the offensive line a plaque somewhere. You didn't mess it up that bad. That's true. But it's the fact that I'm I'm horrified. I don't know how to feel in this moment. Because 
what somebody said oh somebody said to the Bengals fans oh act like you've been there I'm like I don't know how right you yeah this is you haven't been there I've never been past the first round I don't know what I'm doing right now right everything is new to me yeah yeah for sure so like when you're like oh yeah just act like you've been there I'm like I've never told I've never told you to not be like I've never told you that because I can I can recognize that you that Cincinnati Bengals fans are in a new position, especially if you're I know, younger. but like it's this overwhelming like it's this feeling in my gut that I'm like I want to throw up. But every, let's, every pass that's thrown, it makes me want to. And pee. let's be honest with the magic that Joe Burrow and the Bengals have managed to latch onto over this playoffs. Let's be honest, there's a lot of teams that would not have made it out of the first two rounds that they went through. Nine sacks. Making getting sacked no, nine times and still I'm, winning and that doesn't happen. Like, no, it, and I'm I watched that game and I was like, we're about to lose, and we were down at the half. And I wa- I uh, legitimately I was willing to lose my job to watch this game. I watched the entire game through and through, and I watched Joe Burrow push down the field again, and then get out of a sack again and again and again and again and again, and suddenly we're tied and it's about to go and we're tied, and Evan McPherson is about to kick a field goal. And holy crap, we're about to play the Chiefs. And then he does the same thing to the Chiefs. You guys are down to the Chiefs. You guys are looking like you're going to get destroyed. Boom, can't touch me. Boom, can't touch me. And then he just he pull, turns it on again. I'm sitting there like, all this magic you guys have gone on, you've latched onto. There's no reason for anybody to look at Bengals fans and be like, you guys should act like you've been there before. Like That's, no, that's, that's, not, that's not something that no happens. No one has three magical games back to back to back where you win off a field goal. Oh, yeah. yeah there's... How yeah. do we win three games off a field goal? Evan McPherson, during the Kansas City Chiefs game, hit three field goals from 50-plus. Yeah. He was knocking down field goals from 50-plus. Yeah. No, he hit, he hit three from 50-plus and one from, like, 37. It was the last right. field goal. Of the yeah, game. yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Holy crap. And I'm sitting here. It, I'm str- I was stressing. I promise you I've lost hair because of, of the Bengals. <laughs> I'm out there stressing. And I'm watching these games. I'm ignore. I ignored my girlfriend last game. She was not even a factor in my brain. I cared nothing about her. If we would have lost that game, she would have had to go home. Absolutely, because this it means a lot. And I don't know how to act. I don't know how to feel. But this overwhelming feeling of holy crap! I've looked at that roster over and over again for the Rams. I've looked at those stats. It's horrifying. Say, uh, Aaron Donald has twelve. Has um. 13-something sacks, and then another dude on that team has 9.5, but that team total has 50 sacks. You know how many the Bengals have, left, have let up this year? Not including the postseason? Not including. How much? Uh, I think it's something like 51 or 52. <sighs> now we have to deal with a team that has accumulated that amount in the season. And, and then during the postseason, they have 14. Fun. What? <clears throat> and then Von Bell just back there creeping. He's just creeping. He's just creeping. He's just, he's creeping. He's sitting there. Von Bell. Von Bell's for your team. Von Miller. Wrong one. Von Miller. He's, okay. just, he's just back there creeping. <laughs> he's just sitting there. That's true. And then the hole opens up and Joe Burrow's died. Like, it's, it's, that's that's kind of what I'm going on to. So not that I don't believe in the magic. I think uh, Joe Burrow has more than proven himself to be an amazing player and he's going to end up getting you guys to your- I have one question. Yeah. Are Matt Stafford and Joe Burrow in the same class of quarterbacks? Uh I believe after this whole season is over, I think we'll do another rankings. Uh, I think Joe Burrow is easily from how he played this year, like there's no way I can't add him in as a top either 10. top five, easily top 10 
Like you I think top five. He's French. Really? Getting close. Yeah, for sure. Oh man, thanks. Oh, I yeah. have to give him. I have to give him his flowers, dude. Like, 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 like. Oh, I guess top ten easy. Real There's quick, no we'd, have, we'd have to take guys off the list too. Yeah. So we'd have to take because Brady was in. I don't think Brady was in my top five. He's in the top ten. So I got to take Brady and Ben off, then kind of move. To the... Oh yeah, they're obviously because we'll be doing the ranking going into next year, or just at the end of this year. We just do we just do end of the year rankings, end of the year, and then we'll do another one going into next season because obviously these players aren't they're not going to be on the list. Number thirty-two, a la Brady and Ben Doug Hodges. My bad, Mason, Mason Rudolph. Sorry. Yeah, don't say that. It's not going to be the case. We're going to draft somebody. We're going to have a lot of draft Ooh. podcasts. Who are you going to draft? Malik Willis. Okay, if Who? I if my <laughs> who is that? He's like the probably the best quarterback in this draft. Sure, he has a rocket. Great. So did Mason Rudolph coming out of college. Stop it. Okay. Y'all thought he was the next one too. Okay, but I'm gonna give my prediction here. If if it hasn't if it isn't already very obvious, I am picking the Rams for this game. Because he doesn't love me. Uh well, like I said, I can uh I would be okay as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan being in a world where the Bengals don't win a Super Bowl. Not only because, you know, I hate the Bengals, but also because I don't want to live in a world where you have something like that over me for the next year. Joe, I already have many things over you. You have Joe Burrow. That's it. And Jamar Chase. Right. And T. Higgins. Okay. I have weapons, too. Like? I got TJ. Well, I'm, I got Deontay Johnson. He's a pro bowler. Pro bowl wide receiver. Drop pass. Pat Fryermuth. Great Who? tight end. Better oh, than your tight end. Pat whoa. Better than your tight end. That's not even a question. Whoa. I don't know about that. Are you? What? <laughs> I don't know about all that. What? <laughs> I don't know about all that. Go ahead, Are you continue. Being Go ahead, continue. I, I have TJ Watt, def- potential defense player of the year. That that'll be voted on tonight. Absolutely. Real quick. He is if Aaron Donald gets defensive player of the year, he was snubbed. Let's, it's either between no, they're saying it's between uh obviously TJ. They're saying uh Micah Parsons. That's a good one. And then uh the Dallas Cowboys, uh Trayvon. Travion Diggs. Real quick. Give it to TJ. TJ better win defense player of the year. Micah in, in um Trayvon Diggs, amazing. You're saying you're going to revolt? Like we, we, oh, absolutely. TJ would have been robbed three years in a row if he doesn't win it this year. And he better win it this year. Because real quick, TJ is what he what TJ did. I'm I'm be honest, a lot harder than what they did. Leads the league in sacks. He did it in less games. Now, Micah play a great a great game for his first season. Abs- a great season. A great great season. year. Great a year. great season for his first year. Absolutely. Trayvon Diggs do amazing and sat in um ints. TJ Watt almost. Tie the sack record in three less games. He should have broke it because they took a sack away from him they shouldn't have taken. Yeah, here how how he was looking it up on <laughs> while on the sidelines. He was looking it up to figure out if he broke it or not. And his brother said, "Tell him he didn't." They took a sack away. They took a sack away from him in that game. That was very stupid. But like, if he does not win Defensive Player of the Year, there's going to oh, be a revolt. Absolutely, Pittsburgh Steelers fans will absolutely go insane because that'll be three years in a row. TJ has been robbed because he has been on an absolute tear for the last three years, and he like he, he deserves, deserves it. it. Honestly, he deserves, he deserves it. it. Um. But it's uh, what were you? I don't know. I'm, I was talking about how my team can do something going into next year, and I, I can live in a world where the Bengals don't win a Super Bowl. Oh, you were lying to yourself. Got it. Um, here's, but I'm not lying to myself in this route. You're going to win a Super Bowl at some point with Joe Burrow, no matter what. You're going to win one with him, no matter what. Okay, I could just maybe last one more year without that happening. Okay, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I can live in that world. The time so, is nigh, Joe. And not to mention, I I've always been a Matt Stafford fan uh, ever since he was with obviously with Detroit and him being on a lot of bad teams. 
Obviously, he had Megatron, but outside of that, he didn't really have a lot of amazing teams that he was. No, on. no, I agree. I've always like I've really loved. I've always loved watching Matt Stafford play. He has, he's an amazing talent. I agree because you have to have the respect for a guy who stays on a team even though he could have left, just because of his, his own respect for the team. Yeah. And after this this year, he wanted. He was like, "I'm gonna leave because I want to win." Yep. He wants to win, but he tried to do it with the, with the Lions. He, tried he got to- draft. He get, he got traded in the off season. Went to the L.A. Rams, but here's the thing. He went to L.A. and then brought his wife back to Detroit when because his wife was pregnant. Yeah, I know this one. Brought them back to Detroit to make sure she would have her kid in Detroit, too, so he can say that all of his like, kids were born in Detroit. And that's amazing. Like He it, truly loved the city enough to where he stuck through it for all those years and brought his pregnant wife back. Helped the community and like has pride in the fact that he was in Detroit for all those years. Like that, that's something you can really get behind. Not if you, even if you're not Absolutely. a fan, like because like, I feel like Detroit Lions fans are sitting there right now rooting for the. There's a lot of Detroit Lions fans that are going to be feeling the Super Bowl as well as if it's their own because they're looking at a guy like that is a homegrown guy. Like that's it. That was something. their guy for so now, long. Now I love Matt Stafford, but you're gonna have to wait one more year. I don't think so. And I, and here's where because everybody's like, oh, Odo wins a Super Bowl. Stafford needs a Super Bowl. Joe Burrow wants I'm a Super Bowl. I'm just saying, after everything Odell went through with the Browns, like, come on, I think he deserves one. Going yeah. through that hellfire with with, yeah. with the Browns, dude, yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. But here's my actual analysis, right? I've already said this with, I, I do believe, I really do believe that Jamar Chase will be taken out, to be totally honest. And I do believe that the Rams defensive line is so much better than everything that you faced in the playoffs as of yet, Aaron Donald's going to be so hard to stop. Von Miller. And then they have another guy, too. I, I keep forgetting his name. I see. I don't know what his name is, but he's good. But he's, they're <laughs> all, they have a great defensive line that's going to be able to get pressure on you with three players, and they can drop everybody deep. And it's going to be very hard, and I don't think Joe Burrow's going to be able to run away forever, not from Aaron Donald and not from Von Miller. Like they, They're different. They're different dudes. And with your offensive line being absolutely pedestrian, to be totally honest with you, I just think that it – I do believe that Matt Stafford with Cooper Cup, obviously with Odell Beckham, they have so many weapons, dude. And I just like – I feel like the Rams not only have the defense that can get pressure on you, make plays to make sure you guys don't score, but I also believe the Rams have an offense that is good enough to take advantage of any mistakes that happens. And with Matt Stafford, as long as he's not throwing picks, like that uh, – I believe they it, have the perfect recipe. Be real with you. It's a game to see. Because th- you have multiple stories going into this, in- into this as a game to see. And not to, not to mention, I did say that I would buy you some sort of memorabilia for Signed the Super Bowl. I never said that. That sounds very expensive. I said within reason. It's going to be a oh, and yeah. reason. That's not within reason. Joe, uh, there is no reasoning when, you, when it's your first Super Bowl. Okay, but I, I did promise you. The reasoning you, right now is a car. I promised you as a token of gratitude for going through me doubting the Bengals. And if they manage to pull this off, which I don't think they will. But if they do manage to pull this off, I will buy you a piece of memorabilia and I will have to pay for it because now I've said it in. You'll buy me a piece of Joe's Bur- Joe Burrow's game jersey? I'm not saying that. I've now said it in two <laughs> podcasts. So now I'm going to have to be held to the fire on You're this. You're not locked in. I'm locked in. So I just want to make sure I don't have to if the Rams do their job. Obviously, oh, and not to mention the Rams have the, have the ultimate uh, plus is that they're playing at home. They get to, they get, this, this is they get to sleep in their broke. own beds. They don't have to stay in a hotel. They get to use their practice facility. They don't have to move anywhere. It's all in L.A. It's all happening in their stadium. So with that being the case, I think the Rams have the ultimate plus on their side quick, being a home game. We are we, we are better on the road. 
So it's hard to be like. But they're better at home. It's a, it so comes was the out Chiefs. to be even. So was the Chiefs. It comes out to be even. So was the Chiefs. Uh huh. Where they at? Uh huh. Sitting at home now. And then the Rams don't have to go anywhere oh, to plus, cry. Th- plus, this, here's one more thing. Yeah. With it being a two week gap between the last game and the Super Bowl, who has the better offensive coach? Sean McVay for the Rams is a much better offensive coach than your guy is. And I believe that with that two weeks to 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 game plan, I do believe he'll have some things dialed up that the Bengals won't be able to stop. In other news, apparently ESPN wants me to know about Goran Drogic and his stats. So you guys now listen to his stats. Has, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Go he ahead. Has go eight for points, it. 2.8 rebounds, and 1.8 assists uh, with his um, minutes per game being about 16.51, so 16 minutes. Um, he's on the – he got traded. He was one of the ones we didn't talk about. But he's – uh, yeah, so that's what came up on my screen. Legitimately, I was on the Bengals, and this comes up. So I don't know where that happened at, but, yeah, that's what we're talking about now. I'm going to add this here. I'm going to add this little story here. Um, team up north, Mr. Harbaugh, I've talked about it the last week. Um <laughs> Interview for the Vikings job, doesn't get it because he's an idiot. Um, goes back to his team to then realize he does not have either an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator. His defensive coordinator got taken by his brother. I've already talked about that. But now his offensive coordinator got hired to go to Miami. Um, got a got a little bit of money, but he left the team up north to go coach offense for the Miami Hurricanes. But here's the thing. Here's the biggest whammy on Mr. Harbaugh is that in a text that offensive coordinator sent to his players for that team of North being Michigan, he said, Hey, you do, you should not want to you should not want to be in a place where you are not wanted or respected. And with that being the case, I think it just kind of proves how much of an idiot Mr. Jim Harbaugh is. And you know, the fact that he did not get hired in the NFL this season when he really seemed to be very, very much wanted to go I just think that this is going to be a fall Michigan again, and they're going to be absolutely terrible for the next 10 years or so. And that'll be really good news for both yours and my team. Oh, and there's one more story I want to talk about as well. Um, the Auburn head coach, I'm, I can get his name, but he is under fire over the last few weeks. Why? Because not only has he been, apparently I think multiple coordinators of his have left over his like two-year ten- tender, I think he's had like three defensive coordinators, two offensive coordinators in two years. And not to mention, there was a nice story where uh, it came out that he was having an affair with his assistant. <laughs> and this assistant he had came with him from the place he was at before in Boise State. So this assistant he hired who was a Boise State cheerleader. He hired to be his assistant. And then he brought this assistant from there to Auburn to be his assistant again. And, uh, Apparently, it comes out that, you know, during office hours, he would uh, have an affair with such assistant. And now they're gonna, probably going to use that as a reason to try to get rid of him. <laughs> and, I will say, and I will say, this assistant, I don't agree with the act, but I could see why it would happen. This has been the JV Sports Podcast. <laughs> Thank you guys for the time today. I will see you guys hey, later. Hey, this, hey, Jace, that's you. Joe, this is me. We appreciate you listening. And I really think that's, a, that's it for the podcast. This has been the JB Sports Podcast. <laughs> this has been Jace. That has been Joe. Uh, stop listening to us. Goodbye. Bye-bye.